Welcome back to another edition of 30 Rack Sports. It is Monday, May 24th, guys, and we've got a big episode talking some NFL schedule release. Yeah, what everybody loves to hear. What everyone loves to hear. We're, do- we're giving our predictions, pulling out the crystal ball, letting you know where the Browns going to be, where the Bengals going to be, and what are the big matchups that you should look, look for. Uh, of course, 30 Rack of Sports. Ohio's sports beer and definitely time management podcast as we'll get to with our beer um maybe not quite the beer we're looking for but still a delicious lager that we will be trying out here soon um for the intros of course my name is Greg I am the uh hi Greg soothing voice of a warm summer's day after a long winter hello Greg (laughs) hello Greg uh the the harsh sound to my right. It sounds like a bunch of cicadas in the air. Oof. Uh, Got a cold, man. That's yeah. Zach. Zach has a little bit of a cold. Just has an, in general, very annoying voice. How are we doing I today? I do. I do. All factual. I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm trying to get over this cold right now. Hopefully this beer will help. Up and down, uh, up and down week for the tribesmen. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, hey, they kept it competitive this long. If they just ball off i'll be happy i didn't expect anything i'm shocked that they're they've got a win just thus far so fran mills out it's over it's over everybody setting the expectations low so we'd love to hear and then uh speaking of depressed sounds to my left kind of that depressed sound like someone that has to go through yet another year of uh having hope in cincinnati sports teams although you did have some hope this weekend with that season yeah that's right man getting their first dub josh i'm wearing the orange and blue today because uh thank you thank you for that nice introduction greg (laughs) greg um hi greg but yeah uh fc cincinnati pulled off their first ever come from behind victory this weekend over uh cf montreal i believe is what they're called now yes one of the worst rebrands actually fl montreal for Fort Lauderdale, where they're playing right now, which I found out. They're playing at Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, because yeah. of the whole U.S. Canada. It's actually hotter in uh, Ohio on Saturday, they said, than it was in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. So, what do you know about that? Yeah, but I'd be stoked to go play in Fort Lauderdale rather than Montreal. Apparently, the lads were because they pulled it out first ever. Only their second time ever getting points in the MLS when they conceded first. So, wow. pretty impressive Ooh, comeback. Big time. Is, is uh, Montreal good? I mean, where were we at here? Was that just like. Uh, Montreal's okay. Yeah. yeah. I believe they were 6 7 going into the game yeah. at the table. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty mediocre, but for Cincinnati. A win's a win. I mean, That's what I mean. About, you didn't just beat another shitty team. We're right? talking about a team that plays hundreds and hundreds of miles from where they actually are. They can only be so, so right. decent, you know. But we're just happy to. Hey, we, we got to win. We're out of the. We're in the column. You're in the, we're in the column. Were you about to say out of the basement? No, we're, we're not out. Of, we're no, not I know. But were yet. you about yeah, to say maybe, that? I felt like that's where maybe. that was going. I pulled back there. Yeah. Hey, you never excited. know. This a little could too be, excited. I know. We know our place. This could be a start of some, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a run here. Not quite out maybe. of the basement. Uh, tied for last, uh, Ooh, but the tie. Minus two on the gold differential with Chicago. So you know, getting there. You're getting there. Getting, getting there. there. A couple more results, and you'll be right up there in you know twelfth or eleventh place. Yeah, respectable. That's all you here, want. That's all here. Respectable. <laughs> we just want to be respected. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Well, before we degrade before, ourselves too much, <laughs> before we degrade ourselves, and Josh has to talk about respect too much, let's 
get into some headlines, guys. Guys, the crew are saved, and Ohio soccer is back. After negotiations with supporters groups and fans, Columbus SC has decided to re-rebrand as Columbus Crew to the delight of supporters. So we got Columbus Crew, then Columbus Crew SC, then Columbus SC, then back to Columbus Crew. I don't know why. But uh, the good news didn't stop there for Columbus, as two late strikes by Crew star Lucas Zellerayan, including an incredible free kick in the fifth minute of extra time, got the crew a much-needed 2-1 win in New York versus NYCFC, breaking their 18-game uh, winless streak on the road. Cincinnati, as they were up in Montreal, or er, Fort Lauderdale, FC Cincinnati were able to mount a wild comeback versus Foot Club Montreal with an 86-minute goal by Gustava Valencia to get a 2-1 win for FCC's first win of the 2021 campaign. From the pitch to the diamond, things were a little bit less successful for Ohio teams. The Tribe started out with a solid series taking 2 of 3 in LA, but things got much worse as they dropped 2 of 3 to the lowly Twins at home and lost DH and uh, stud of the batting lineup Fran Reyes for 5-7 to seven weeks. But the big news yesterday was the call-up of stud infielder Owen Miller, who made his debut at uh, DH on Sunday, going 0 for 5. Speaking of Ophers, the Reds had a rough homestand, getting swept by the Giants in a four-game series, and then winning only once this week, a Friday win versus Milwaukee. The Reds now sit five games under 500 and five and a half games out of the division. But at least they have some new guys to help in the bullpen. With infielders Alex Blandino and Max Schrock towing the rubber in the 19-4 loss to Sam Fran on Thursday, the first time since 1902, two Reds position players have pitched in a game per Elias. Guys, those are your OH headlines. Guys, for our beer of the week, we go to lovely Mason, Ohio, the hometown of uh, both Josh and I. Hey! To Sonder Brewing. Now, uh, last week, it was either last week or two weeks ago, we mentioned the Sonder Blue Ice Cream Ale, which we were going to try this week. But uh, unfortunately, our time management skills are poor, and the beer sold out in like Two hours while we were at work. It's more of a planning practice. thing. We're just I mean, not known for that. More planning, of a popular time beer management, thing, too. All that. Hot but, commodity. Hot commodity. Hot cakes. Sold like hot cakes. Guys, Sonder Brewing. <laughs> Flapjacks. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're taking you off. Go Where ahead. Go I? ahead, Craig. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do a podcast. I know. This isn't, this isn't the comedy family club. Guy road. Okay. Guys. The nice thing is, even though we don't have one Kings Island Sonder beer, Sonder Brewing, which is a wonderful brewery, has another collaboration with Kings Island for their new roller coaster last year, the Orion Giga Coaster. It is Kings Island's Giga Coaster Lager, which is a just a nice standard lager. It's your uh, 4.8% ABV. It's just, I mean, it's just got that nice golden color. Yeah, it's yeah. just, I mean, not not to be a 
lazy with the review or whatever, but it's just a straight up like great American lager. Oh yeah, I mean, and I think that's what they set out to do with it. Yeah, it's just it's it's a good lager. It's refreshing. Um, you know, we do a lot of weird beers and things like on that. that I'm sure some people are like, ugh, but like this is just it's exactly what you would want if you're a true American. It's yeah, nice, easy I mean, beer to drink while you're watching a baseball game or uh, riding a roller coaster. Yeah, I was gonna say I know some of these beers, like the like the blue ice cream beer, are actually sold at certain points in the park. So I'm gonna yeah. guess this one is too. So it's, right. it's a very nice beer. You know, it's one of those things that uh, if you're walking around, it's not too heavy of a beer, but it's crisp enough, and, and it's just a solid beer. It's one of those things, like you mentioned, a great baseball beer, a great you know, yeah, maybe sitting on a bench. While it, the kids go out to ride some uh, roller coasters, it takes you know like a Budweiser to like a next level. You, you it still has that very yeah. craft. You, you can tell it's more flavorful than you would get. As for Sonder though, uh, I had their Rally Cap recently too. I mean, they kill it on everything. I think this is the second time we've had them on the show, and they are killing it with everything. Oh, yeah. Set out to make a great lager here, and they did just that. Yeah, I mean that uh, you know, they're brewers who uh, a couple of them I I know pretty well, so like they. I've known about this place since the beginning. They have a lot of great beers up and down, whether any kind of style, yeah. Kolsch's, lagers, even into some of your weird like uh, milkshake IPAs and mm-hmm. ghosts and stuff like that. As we mentioned, they did the blue ice cream beer. So they have, it's one of those things where you can venture out if you want to, but they also have yeah. some of your standards if you're maybe going, if you're bringing maybe one of your uh, Bud Light friends to the bar. Also, uh, some great food. They have a, they oh, have a man. place there for food they as well. They have killer so. food. Killer food. Oh. A lot of great events. Could not say enough about Sonder. I know. You, you just name dropped and everything, too. We get it. Right. Grace well, connected. I mean, Grace connected. They do a good job. Uh, they're all about stories. Sonder is the realization that every person has a unique story. Mm-hmm. And so I think what they've done Except really well. Yeah. What they've done really well with the Kings Island beers is, you know, bring that culture of the town and the amusement park that sits kind of across the highway from them kind of into their brewery and into that whole story and tell that story we'll get into i'll leave the can for zach's reciting the can later but now we got some giga coaster facts coming up here soon too. Ooh, we don't do just sports here we talk amusement parks as well hey we'll talk a little bit more amusement parks in just a second It is time for 30 Rack's first quick sip. We're going off our uh, beer for the week. Saunders Giga Coaster beer. And we're talking roller coasters. 30 Rack beer, sports, and roller coasters now? I don't know. But uh, guys, we're talking our top three roller coasters. Of course, Ohio, the king of amusement parks. Disney what? Never heard of it. Cedar Point, Kings Island, all about it, guys. Don't forget about the beach and Wyandotte Lake. You're missing all the good ones. <laughs> Sorry. Coney. The Swordsville Park. Coney Island. Coney Island. Coney Island, yeah. All of the top. All of the top. Never parks. heard of these Cedar Points and Islands of Kings you talk about. <laughs> the islands of Kings. <laughs> what? Well, I'm really excited <laughs> You got them off. You, you threw top. them with that one. I'm really excited to hear your top three roller coasters. If those are if those are your, <laughs> I, I've places. been there. I fucking know. I didn't remember the names. I found a list. Well, <laughs> why, 
Why don't we start with these, Jack? No, enlighten us, enlighten us on your list, yeah, Flappy. Okay, these are what I can remember. It's been a few years, all right? Been a few. Diamondback. Love Diamondback. The Grand, this is in no particular order. I'm not going to get an argument about it. Hold on, wait. What? Favorite part about Diamondback as a former employee was the fat people having to squeeze the seeds down because you just have to, like, oh, yeah. suck in and then just shove don't the have... seeds. Sounds like danger. Like, Do you ever have to kick someone people? in? Kick somebody uh, that, in? No, they never yeah, let us it, do that. Oh, okay. They just had to do like the suck in, like you have to like hold your stomach up, and then it just kind of flops over the. Ugh. It's very funny. I mean, makes look. me not want flapjacks anymore. I <laughs> Lois, my flapjacks. So what else do you have in your list? Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Vortex. Ooh, Vortex. rest Ooh, in peace. Good. Pour one out. That was good. Uh, I also have some very gross memories from Vortex, but we'll skip that one. Oh, really? What did you do now? Well, well, tell us. Uh, let's just say one of my last days there, uh, having to pick puke chunks out of uh, a Vortex car. Clumps or chunks? Chunks, because we, we <laughs> someone threw up, and then you have to feed it through. You, you rinse it off with water, and then, you you know... You feed it. Yeah, well, hold it. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. wait. Feed no, it through what? Is that what you do to the new people? You're like, how no. to eat this. Well, first off, I got sent over there, but you uh, you keep it empty so it you know it dries out. Oh, you oh, feed it oh, you run okay. it. You feed the coaster. Okay. So after that, after two or three times, all this still amusement park employee terminology I'm not familiar with jargon. So, uh, yeah, don't know after the jargon. That, jargon, I was the like, jargon. You know what? I don't really want to work at amusement parks anymore. You didn't want to clean up vomit anymore. I, I've cleaned up enough vomit for a lifetime. And by that, I mean until I have to clean, clean up vomit again for one reason or another. It's been a weird, gross segment so far, and we're not even through we're the first not, top three. Uh, I was going to finish with the Banshee. So. Ooh. Ooh, all right. Built where the old uh, go-karts yeah. used to be. Oh, did, you go, did you go all Kings Island there? All Kings Island. I oh, hadn't wow. been to Cedar Point since, like, it was like Six Flags still, I think. So... I have not. My family was not a big amusement. We were an amusement park family, so. I have not been to Cedar Point, uh, but I I did include one just because it sounds awesome. The Holocaust. Um, First, I'm going to start with number three, a coaster that also isn't there. Actually, it was replaced by the Giga Coaster. What the hell's a Giga Coaster? Sorry. We'll get. Well, Giga Coaster. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll get there. Uh, But. uh, yeah, Firehawk used to be there, and it was one of those oh, suspended coasters. Yeah. One of my top three. yeah, and so you just kind of got to hang from mm. it. You could do the Superman thing, or you could just kind of yeah. like hang down like a dog. <laughs> but it was so freeing. It was so freeing and so fun. I understand uh, it didn't really always function that great. Yeah, sometimes you would get stuck which, on like your back kind of. Yeah. Because you, know, you, you, you basically go up the hill like on your back and then it flips you up. Yeah, I, I, I've done that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the coaster at uh, Cedar Point that I really want to ride is called Steel Vengeance, and it is one of the newer ones up there. Ooh. And uh, no other coaster in the world has more uh, airtime. Now, I'm not sure what oh, qualifies as airtime. Is that's like a 
a G-force thing. Mm-hmm. I'm real out of my element here on what Music I'm talking about. Music park guy. What's so. the jargon? What is? What are they really talking about when they refer to airtime? But no other coaster in the world has more of uh, this. More of airtime that we don't know what it means. But <laughs> maybe Josh gets all excited about it. You get like big air. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Go out of your seat a little bit. Uh, it's also the first ever, or I don't know if it is the only one, or if there's been more since. But at the time, the first coaster ever of its kind. It is a hybrid hyper coaster. And it is wood and steel, thus the name Steel Vengeance, I think. But well, I don't yeah, know. It, like I said, I'm kind of, I'm out I of my was element here. Say, You're I, I have, way I have, out of your <laughs> element. I have one. Donnie! Donnie! At the time it was built, it probably is. But I also have one that was no longer in service by the time ah. Steel Vengeance was around. Number one, uh, it's over 40 years old and resides at Kings Island. The Beast. Uh, see, Skip, that thing hurts, man. Uh, it's gotten a little better. Has it? Years. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember. The so- last time I went was maybe two years ago. And uh, it was it's been smoother than I remember really? it being. But if you've never done it, you got to do it at night. Like, there's yeah. nothing else like it. Over 30 acres of woods. Longest wooden roller coaster in the world. Nothing yeah. like it. It is a good one. So I actually have two uh, two Kings Island, and then uh, the top one actually I have from Cedar Point because I it was still one of my favorite rides that I've ever ridden. Uh, number three, I have Flight of Fear, which one was always a nice. Ooh. Just it's indoor. You get like mm-hmm. a lot of times all of the uh, lights are out, so you're completely just in the dark going through all these twists and turns. And if, There's the quick shoot-off where you're going like 60 miles an hour, so you're just sitting there and it just whoosh, and then you're into it. It's not one of those like slow kind of workouts. Right. I know Zach's a cinematography guy. Like The production value yeah. on that Q-Line video that they still use to this day, oh, man. Oh, that is some Dude, quality, quality 80s video right there. Uh, my number two is a was a sleeping giant. The whole time that I worked at Kings Island, which was two years, it was sitting there, dormant. It finally got taken down. Uh, unfortunately, because of some injuries, it finally got... <laughs> take, er, it was out of service for uh, a number of years. It, at one point, was a wooden roller coaster with a steel loop in the middle. Uh, it wasn't just the beast. It was a... Just a mean wooden roller coaster that would kill your thighs, but it was so much fun to ride. It was the Son of Beast, mm. which you could just see towering over the park when it used to go. I mean, it was it was a very it was cool ride. Dooming. It was probably several years ahead of its time. Some of the break broke down a lot. Like I said, some back injuries and whatnot kind of shut it down. So uh, how many decapitations? That's the big no question. decapitations. Oh. Well, and they should have kept it going. A couple I, concussions, look, I think. Yeah, concussions, back issues. We all get concussions. Like CT is real. Uh, you know. Happens. You know, I never rode Son of Beast. Uh, I rode it. I rode it a couple times, and it was it was uh, a really good time. Uh, one of my managers, when I was uh, when I was working at Kings Island, was working at Son of Beast, like right, like the day before it shut down for good. So he was always he would always look up at it and be like. I hear maybe next year. I hear maybe <laughs> next year. It never came. That day never came. Uh, my top one is also a Giga Coaster. Actually, the oldest Giga Coaster that's still running up at Cedar Point, the uh, Millennium Force, which is just a very well done roller coaster. It's got the big hills. It's quick. It's not like, you know, Top Thrill Dragster is just such a quick roller coaster that it, you don't get all the fun. But Millennium mm. Force is one of those that you go super high. There are a ton of huge hills. And it's just, I mean, it's just a really fun ride from beginning to end. 
sometimes when you're going so fast, you know, like I start to get spotty. Mm. This is a good one. Yeah. So uh, you can feel the wind in the back of your eyeballs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's how you know uh, that you're on a good ride. Man, makes me hungry for hungry for flapjacks again. Just talking about this works up an appetite in you. <laughs> Lois. Thirty rack of thirty rack of thrills. We'll have to have a thirty rack of thrills at some point. We'll just get Josh drunk at get Josh drunk at Kings Island. Island. Nope. Sam made something nope. again to throw nope. up. No, 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 pass. I'm in for this. I'm, I would. Uh, so, if you haven't followed the Save the Crew saga, uh, just a brief timeline. Um, on May the 10th, the uh, crew announced a rebrand with a new logo and a name change to Columbus SC. It was a logo that looked like uh, like the vertical version of a uh, Ohio flag, that shape, with a C in, in one of the points and then a weird triangle that did nothing. And it said Columbus on the top and SC at the bottom. Uh, two days later, there was an official protest from the fan group, the Nordecki, along with other groups, saying, uh, you know, the crew is our name. Even though they kept the crew as a nickname, they didn't have it as part of the actual name, which uh, the supporters were upset about. Uh, on the 17th, um, after meeting with the Nordecki and other groups, they decided to change the name back to the Columbus crew and change their logo to include, uh, instead of a random triangle that did nothing, had a uh, 96 on it, and then changed the name from Columbus SC to Columbus Crew on the logo. And then also, late last week, there was an announcement that uh, this past year, Columbus has known one of their big jerseys is their banana jerseys that, you know, yellow tops, yellow bottoms, which they got rid of last or this year, so they're bringing those back for next year, so... Big deal for Columbus, bringing back the logo, bringing back the name. Josh, thoughts on, on the rebrand as a total? The, the re-rebrand. Well, and we're going to talk about what our rebrands we would do, and I'm glad we bring up the triangle because there are good triangles out there. But the triangle, I'll never understand the triangle. Like, of all the things to fill in the space, like I don't understand why you didn't go with the night. It seemed very easy. obvious, yeah, and easy to just put the ninety six right there. I don't know. I always liked the uh, the circle, the pancake shaped logo that they had. You and flapjacks again? Yeah, the flapjack shaped. Uh, yeah, you know, but. God. As a lot of people do point out, like I could see why they wanted to move away from it because there are so many circle logos, especially in MLS. But I still, and I'll bring this up again in a couple minutes, but like there's so many C logos out there already. Yeah. So at least I got the banana jersey back though. But I mean, I don't know. Like I said before, I, I know you guys wanted the crew. that That's good. That's back, right? Yeah. They added the 96. Duh. Yep. And that empty space. But I like the design. I didn't mind the C, and I like that. Uh, you know, it incorporates the Ohio flag yeah. outline. I like that. That's, and I think that's to your point, different from what other teams are doing. It's growing on me. You know, yeah. I think it's really going to look good, like on a jersey. Like, it looks sharp. Yeah, but like yeah, when I, you're, I feel like it's more of a patch logo than an yeah, like yeah, logo logo. Right, like yeah, you're vertical. saying yeah. And you know, most of the logos out there, like like I said, circles Horizontal. or badges. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. Kinda. Yeah, I mean, it's it's better i still don't think it's good i mean i obviously still the original logo with the hard hat guys is, is i thought awesome. i thought that was stupid. uh the middle one Dead. you know 
they actually had a lot of, I mean, there was a full list of why they did everything they did in the logo. So it actually had a whole lot of meaning to it. This one just kind of seemed cobbled together. And with the Haslam's, pretty much every rebrand that they've done has been a disaster. They tried to do it. Oh, man. The, the Browns. The Browns yeah, logo and jersey. The logo where they just changed shades. That was stupid. They, that, they, they built that up yeah. so well, much. And I did see, and I wish I could give them credit for it. I cannot remember who made it, but I saw on Twitter it was the original badge with the men in it, but it was still that same shape. And kind of had the top cut off with the crew in it, but with the C, the new C in it, and with the new font and everything, I was like, "Oh man, that would that would have been a great callback, great like tie your old to your the new, new kind yeah. of thing." I don't know. The Ohio flag thing is cool and everything, but I feel like it's very similar to putting Cleveland on the front of the jersey. You know, <sighs> very kind of gimmicky. I don't think so because. God forbid you can't just say Columbus, even though it's the biggest fucking Columbus. You gotta say Columbus, Ohio. Cruz part like of the name. It's like the Cleveland baseball team. That's why, yeah. Oh, I'm not knocking them keeping the crew. I was just saying, I like the, I like the, the, the callback to the state. Everybody remembers. Fair enough. But uh, guys, speaking of other logos that have been, you know, stomped on and kind of rude, for our second part of this quick sip, we're talking about... Uh, you know, past logos, name changes, jersey changes, and we we each decided to pick, you know, maybe a team or two that we would go back to an original team name, jersey, logo, at least two of the three. So, uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Is there any team that you're like, hey, we need to go back to this because what we're doing right now is big Charlotte uh, yeah. Bobcats guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Woo. Boy, I was so glad they went back to the Hornets. I was like, why? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, uh, no, I'm going to go with baseball. Uh, as Afro Man once said, Colt 45 and two zigzags. I think Houston should be about, go back to the Colt 45s. I think that I hate the name the Astros. Stupid. I know why they did it. Because fucking NASA's there. There's a bunch of NASA offices everywhere. Cool 45, cool logo with the gun, with the 45 coming out. Big fan. Big fan. Nothing more Texas to me than uh, praising guns. So I just like that's that screams Texas to me. I thought it was a cool logo. Um, my other one that's just fun, just because I'm like, eh, it's just, uh, I think, you know, need to bring another team back to St. Louis. The old Browns, the St. Louis Browns need to come back. I always thought that was the most ridiculous name outside of even the Cleveland Browns made sense. Yeah. St. Louis Browns was just like, why? Because they have Browns jer- brown jerseys. I don't know. I know. I don't know. Blues? Huh? Yeah, they already have the blues. <laughs> they already so the they blues. should just be the blues. The How red. many colors do you want? <laughs> the blues and the browns. Yeah. And then the cards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like that. But, uh... Zach, actually what? sticking on one of your themes with the Colt 45s, the team that I think should go back to yeah. the original name. I understand Seattle why Pilots. the name originally. No. But the name right now is stupid. They're starting to get the color scheme back to the original mm-hmm. color scheme. And they had some sweet jerseys back in the day. I'm talking about the Washington Bullets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The logo made a lot more sense. It, it wasn't did. just some weird, you know, now it's just, they're basically just turning it into a DC logo. Yeah. They had the bullets with the basketball in it. Oh, I agree. Because they jerseys. have the they have the look. And I like the bullets better than the wizards. Because I hated those. 
uh, Gilbert Arenas the Wizards yeah, with the, the teal well. or whatever that was. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, those are some classic unis. And I like that the Wizards brought them back. It looks sharp, but then it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. With, with the, the team name. Totally agree. So I think you bring it back. They they had some sweet logos. Yeah. And then just those red, those like red and white striped jerseys are just, mm-hmm. they're elite. So the other one that I had, of course, does not have a team currently, but if you can move a team back, the baby blue Montreal Expos. Ah, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. I thought, my, I thought the Montreal Expos That logo, the tricolor hat. The with the red, the blue, and then the white up front oh, with the M and the... Also, oh, yeah. as far as logos, I will say, the Montreal Expos logo... Sharp, sharp, sharp. As sharp, can be, sharp, so. sharp, Yeah, I agree. Uh, just another one. I will say, uh, both the non-Toronto cities that used to have teams, mm-hmm. you know, in, in other sports that weren't hockey, Vancouver Grizzlies, Montreal Expos, elite jerseys. Oh, yeah. Josh, what about you? I got a local one and a recent one for you. My local one is kind of going off... The sharp, they moved to something sharp. They moved to yet another C logo, yet another red, white, and black kind of thing. The Cincinnati Cyclones. Yep. Back when the Twister era, the original oh, man. Twister, man, you had Twister, still made sense with the mascot and everything. And then you had a, a dash of yellow in there for the accent color. And they had the red and white jerseys and the black and yellow jerseys. It's very versatile. It was, it was messy. It was minor league. Right, kind of feel ostentatious. To it. When I go back to the red, white, and yellow, the old goalie, the the IHL Cyclones. Oh yeah, I mean, whoo, almost knocking over the beard. I know, what the Flappy going on here. But uh, yeah, I just thought uh, now they went to that C, and I don't think it's bad. Like it is cool how they incorporated the Cyclone into the C and everything, but it's it just feels yeah. more corporate and just if, another right. You want red something minor C. league? It's minor league. What's on it? Yeah, it's be goofy like the Rubber Ducks. Uh, my other one was a recent one, and I understand there's going to be more of these, but uh, the Nike City Connect jerseys uh, in baseball right now. The Miami Marlins just had theirs, and they uh, paid tribute to the Cuban Sugar Kings. Man, go back to that. (laughs) That was a clean look. I loved that. I loved that. I know those haven't been uh, the most popular since they made Boston yellow and blue. I like yeah, I like those too. I like those too. I thought they were sharp. I think these are awesome. So at first I didn't like them because I didn't quite understand what they were going for. Right, but they were going for the marathon. But now, yeah, well, now that you have like a couple of the jerseys and you figure out what they're doing with them, it makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's you know, you got the Sugar Kings and everything. So uh, yeah, definitely Sugar like Kings. Miami. Miami was they're Whew. sharp with the white pinstripe. The red, yeah, clean. I would almost buy one just because I'm like, those are uh, yeah, those are awesome. The hat's great. I mean, like, the whole yeah, thing's I like awesome. The Boston ones though too. You know, Boston fan people from Boston suck. Like, let's be real. But <laughs> complain, complain, complain. Like, <laughs> some amazing city. <laughs> All right, well, uh, if you want to complain about Boston or <laughs> pitch the jersey that you think a team should go back to, whether it's the Colt 45s, the Bullets, or the Sugar Kings, let us know at 30 Rack Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, for our big chug today. Yeah, it's weird. I'm introducing it as the uh, the non-AFC North guy here. We're going to break down uh, the NFL schedule. They just released that last week, right, gentlemen? I think so. About a week and a half ago. About a week and a half ago. Uh, So 
obviously the AFC North, NFC North paired up. I got a little bit of insight yeah, to you'll bring be as the to us there. Uh, NFC North guy. But um, gentlemen, yeah, let's start. Um, let's just start with the initial kind of reactions for your. Uh, we'll start with the Browns, Greg. How you feeling? You feel good about the schedule? It seems seems like all the North teams kind of got a got a tough road. Yeah, I mean. I think week one is going to be a very good game. Obviously, you know, Browns-Chiefs rematch of a divisional oh, game. Yeah. It just sucks that, you know, the Browns have had a had a rough go about it in week ones over the last, you know, 20 years. <laughs> so uh, not great to see that, uh, you know, game on the schedule. The one interesting um, part of the schedule that uh, I have noticed that I, I think it's been 30 years since it's happened for the Browns, they play one team two times in a row they play at baltimore have a bye week and then play baltimore again uh weeks 12 13 and 14 so uh you know certainly some rough patches there but definitely have a lot of winnable games no super you know crazy uh road trips i probably worst road trip is at the end of the season at green bay at pittsburgh so, you know, I think for the most part a favorable schedule, but it's one of those things where after Kansas City, you should be winning a large majority. You know, between uh, the Houston game and the Denver game, you should be winning a large majority of those games. Well, yeah. And, if, uh, you, if you really want to compete like the Browns are hoping to this year. Expectations this year. Racked expectations. And also, it's quick note, good. I dropped the ball there. It's 17 games this year. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so the NAFC teams will get an additional home game. NFC teams will play an additional road game. Kind of an uneven schedule. Yeah, so the uh, so the 17th game is uh, for the AFC North. You're playing the NFC West for the team that finished in the same spot right. that you did last year. Uh, it's just one team from the NFC, AFC. So the Browns added on 17th game even though it's week six is a home game versus arizona cardinals should be kind so, of fun two fun. oklahoma heisen trophy winners uh, going at it uh, kyler uh, murray yeah. uh former coach of baker mayfield mm. texas tech cliff kingsbury yeah. they've got you know so they've got some good former teammates jj watt and Davian Clowney meeting up again there you go so uh fun games there uh the Bengals though yeah. get uh uh, what Nick Bosa and the 49ers potentially maybe a look at uh, you know some uh, high draft picks there for the 49ers so yeah yeah a lot of interesting matchups there for uh, for the Bengals uh, my initial thoughts I think it is interesting you know Zach you said uh, AFC North NFC North paired up this year uh, the Bengals get all of their NFC North matchups uh, dealt with within the first six weeks yeah. Um, so, so get that out of the way. And as for the NFC North, you know, for both these teams, the Bengals and the Browns, NFC North is, you know, all four teams in that division are doing some serious soul searching right now. It is going to so, be interesting. Yeah. Really hard to predict we, we, those games. We don't really know what's going on. I mean, the NFC North finished well last year, which is why you see all those AFC North teams kind of at the so tip top of your strength of schedule. But, uh, I don't know about the uh, the carryover. I mean, if we're not gonna get into it, but I mean, if, or we will probably a little bit later. But if Rogers is gone, yeah. I mean, you're looking at uh, really four teams that need a quarterback. To be honest, but they're still looking for one. Yeah, so. I, and I mean, to, to go off your point, uh, you know, the NFC was a solid or NFC North solid division. 
Uh, Packers and Bears both in the playoffs. Yeah. Vikings just out. Lions kind of fell off at the end there, but like they always out do. of the top uh, or all eight NFC and AFC North teams are in the top nine of uh, strength of schedule. So the hardest strength of schedule. Uh, the Bengals are tied with the Lions at uh, number six with a five twenty nine win percentage from their opponents last year. The ben- or the Browns actually have the easiest of those eight teams. They have a five eighteen win percentage from the teams that they're playing last year or this year. So potentially, uh, you know, a rough go for for all these teams. As we mentioned, a lot of good teams up and down the schedule, but a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, both the Bengals and the Browns face uh you know chicago team in the first three weeks that could be looking for you know could be changing quarterbacks that was yeah that was going to be one of my highlights for Bengals fans is week two you get to see the chicago bears and as stands now they're starting quarterback andy dalton right so what's what's a couple two three games Start with the Bengals. You list Chicago. What's maybe one or two other games that yeah, kind of jump out at, you? Week two at Chicago versus Andy Dalton. Uh, week four, obviously, the game that everyone's looking to on the Bengals' schedules, the Thursday night football game. Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. The big Ooh. rematch. The number one picks. Oh, and Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow, yep. Tim Tebow in, uh, lining up against Drew Sample. Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I had uh, Week 12 uh, versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Bengals get the Steelers at home. That's on Thanksgiving weekend. And, boy, that's yeah. going to shape up to be such a fantastic weekend for sports in Ohio. And then, obviously, as a segue to Greg, the season finale at Cleveland. Uh, I will just add in one note to the Bengals that I think is, is a very kind of interesting nuance is depending on how these uh, – you know, early games shake out and how these quarterback competitions shake out. The Bengals could be facing four rookie quarterbacks in their 17 games. Week two versus Chicago, week four versus Jacksonville, week eight versus New York, and uh, week 14 versus San Francisco. Don't so forget about maybe week five in Green Bay. Hey, with uh, <laughs> yeah. not a rookie, but not a first well, year yeah. starter. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could well, be. I was gonna Actually, say. you'll probably be facing Blake Bortles. <laughs> Let's be real. So. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So transitioning over to um, to the Cleveland Browns, as I mentioned, the one kind of weird quirk, the uh, Baltimore back-to-back do have a Sunday night game versus Baltimore. Um, as we mentioned, first first game, Kansas City is a very big game. Uh, you know, hopefully something to kind of get things started. Uh, also, hopefully Chad Henney's not out there. <laughs> Would be tough. Uh, Browns have a Thursday night, a Sunday night, and then a Week 17 Monday night game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. A fun one, I think, on the schedule uh, for both yeah. Zach and I. Maybe a little uh, Christmas, I don't know, 40, maybe an eggnog bet? I don't know. We'll figure out something. I might something have to, to figure do. something Ooh. out on that uh, one. Pencil yeah. that in. A little, eggnog yeah. bet. A little Christmas day uh Holly and Jolly as the Browns go to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, Christmas Day in Lambeau. Mm. Oof. Oof. It's going to be cold, baby. Yeah, so a couple cold games. Uh, you know, their last three games in Green Bay, in Pittsburgh, and then in Cleveland against Cincinnati. So, uh, certainly some nice weather for the end of the season. So, Yeah, it's exciting, and we will cover more of it after I recite the game.
Saunders Giga Coaster Lager is an approachable lager brewed to be enjoyed by craft beer fans, light lager drinkers, and everyone in between. It's lightly hoppy, very crisp, and has a very clean finish. It's a great beer for a hot day at the amusement park during lunch or dinner, in between rides, or while you're waiting for the kids to ride their favorite attraction. Sonder. Sonder. Snoopy. They got Snoopy at King's Island. Oh, yeah. So it used to be, uh, used to be Hanna-Barbera. Then it was Nickelodeon. <coughs> now it's Spoonie. I thought that's... Uh... I don't know. That was just like the weirdest like trend. They got Snoopy there, They got Snoopy. You know, it's not a terrible transition. Zach, do you know what a Giga Coaster is? I don't. I've been I've been anxiously awaiting to find out what a Giga Coaster is. I'm intrigued. Well, well, per Coasterpedia, which is apparently a website. There's a fucking pedia for everything. Uh, a Giga Coaster is a complete circuit roller coaster that is built for height, speed, and air. High, height, speed, and airtime. These coasters are between 399 feet in height. So, if you're if you're 299 feet, you're not a gig coaster. Okay, but if what... you're like top thrill dragster and you have a height of 420 feet, you're not a gig coaster. You are a strata roller coaster. Um. So so I was right earlier guessing about my uh, Greg forces or G forces as they're known to the common man. Uh, airtime refers to the time of which riders of a roller coaster experience either weightlessness or negative G forces. Oh, okay. So the uh, Steel Vengeance at Cedar Point has the most airtime of any coaster in the world. Wicked. Serious air. Michael Jordan would be so would be be all for it. Be like, wow, that's a lot of air. (laughs) (laughs) The first Giga Coaster was in uh, Dream World in Australia, but the oldest Giga Coaster that's still running, the Millennium Force, May thirteenth, two thousand, at Cedar Point. Currently, in use, there are. Seven Giga Coasters, with the newest being at Kings Island. Orion. And, uh, what, four of the seven being in the U.S. and two of the seven being in Ohio. So what do you know? You got Millennium Force, you got Orion. If you're looking for Giga Coasters, look no further. Drop, drop for the Giga Coaster in Orion, 300 feet. Also Millennium Force, also 300 feet. The largest drop for a uh, Giga Coaster, Fury 325 at Carowinds in, uh, I believe that's North Carolina, is uh, 320 feet. So there you go. Giga Coaster, uh, 300 to 399 feet. Uh, Giga Coaster Lager by Sonder Brewing in Mason, Ohio. And and let me, G, let me break the G's down for you here. You've got 1G to 0G. Love that for you. That's, that's floating time. And then zero G, that's weightlessness. And then zero G to negative one G, that's airtime. Now below w- negative one G. Diagram for that at that point. I'm interested. What are ne- the forces? What are we looking at force wise? Force wise, I'm not what, sure. What are we doing here? There's this dangerous thing at negative one G and tower or lower, lower that says ejector airtime, and that doesn't sound 
like a good time. That sounds really great. I don't know what you're talking about. This airtime, though, is, is caused uh, by uh, the effects of inertia, which, as you guys know, is a property of matter. So, <laughs> tell, us, tell us more about inertia, Josh. What's, what's the uh, technical I'm going to be definition? done with the science here and uh, <laughs> enjoy this, this great beer from Sonder Brewing. Sonder Brewing also, by the way, a little plug for them. You can hear uh, their podcast, uh, Sonder Stories, available where podcasts are, I assume. Maybe. Maybe. Unless they're in a like s- Best secret Buy location. and things of Best that. Buy. All right, and we're talking NFL schedule release, specifically looking at the Bengals Browns AFC North matched up with the NFC North. Uh, now we're going to take a look at uh, kind of a little bit of a breakdown of the NFC North opponents. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you as far as the Bengals go. How are you feeling with uh, the Bengals kind of shake out as far as their NFC North opponents? Any games you're worried about? Or are you feeling? Give give us a little prediction too. What are you feeling? Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, the NFC North, all four teams, I feel like are looking for their identity and not that the Bengals aren't. I think having all four of these opponents in your first six weeks allow you yeah. to establish that identity, especially for the offensive line week one at home versus Minnesota. Mike Zimmer makes his return to Cincinnati. But Minnesota, they ranked dead last in pass rushing last year. They do not have a very good defensive line. They do not get a lot of pressure on the offense. So this is a great opportunity for the Bengals to showcase those improvements they made to the offensive line, run that flashy offense out there against a weaker defensive team, get their footing and everything. Because then you go to uh, Chicago week two, who knows what that's going to be like? I mean, that that's his point. But but that's again for the offense. That's where you see if those improvements pay off or not. Because unlike Minnesota, the Bears, their defense yeah. gets a bunch of pressure on the ball. That's a flip side. Yeah. yeah, completely. You're going to see completely different defense from week one to week two. A much better defense in week two. So definitely a winnable game. Because who knows what the Bears' offense is going to look like? But. We'll see. Uh, week five versus Green Bay, kind of same thing. Who knows what that offense is going to look like by that time? But that Who defense knows? gets pressure, though. That defense gets pressure, but you know that could be a team. New DC, though. I, that's week five. To see. Oh man, that's week Patton. five. No, Petten's gone. They had, uh, uh, you tell me, Zach, what? as a resident Packers yeah. fan on the show, like week five. You know, uh, it's all Green, gonna... we get Green Bay at home in Cincinnati, yeah. but by that point in the season. You know, you could either be like, all right, this is going to work, or you could be in full meltdown mode. You know, I think defensively, I, I'm very optimistic about Green Bay. It's it's more going to be who's under center um, for Green Bay. I mean, it's very well documented what's going on. And how much is all of what's going on going to affect the team as a whole going Well, it, it could. I mean, here's the thing. To be fair, let's say it is Blake Bortles. I still think they have a lot of weapons on the offensive side, though. That definitely, you know, they could they could score some points. That'll be that'll be the interesting one because I, I agree. I think they should win at minute. They should beat Minnesota at home. They should beat Chicago. Good defense. Uh, you got Andy Dalton and yeah. who on the offensive side there? I don't know. Uh, and then you know, outside agreement, they got Detroit who. 
I mean, Jared Goff, again, yes. nobody on the offensive yes. side. Their defense is rough. Yeah, to wrap, to wrap up the Bengals here, like Green Bay, the Green Bay game, they're coming off a Thursday night football game, so they will have the longer week to get mm-hmm. prepared for that game at home. But then, yeah, when they go to Detroit in week six, that is the beginning of a three-game road trip for the Bengals. Got to get off to a hot start there because your next two games aren't as generous. Well, your next game isn't as generous as at Detroit. So what are you saying? Three and one. I'm saying three and now. one here. I think okay. you. I'm saying three and one is a good goal Greg's for laughing, them. But okay, it's three a good and one. goal for them. Three and one. All right. I don't. That's a goal. That's a good goal. I agree. That's, that's a fair goal. Greg, flipping to the Browns up north. Uh, so the one thing that I feel like you know, as Josh was talking, I was I was really taking a look at the schedule. I feel like if you could flip playing teams that you play early in the season, late in the season, and playing the teams you play late in the season, early in the season. Right. It would set up a lot better. Early in the season, you have Chicago and Minnesota. Those could be two teams that by the end of the year could be starting young quarterbacks, could be dumpster fires, could just be kind of throwaway games. Exactly. Detroit and Green Bay, Detroit play. So Chicago and Minnesota, week three and four, very early in the season. Detroit, week 11, and Green Bay, week 16. Detroit is a team that, you know, I don't know how good they'll be. I don't think but anybody does. Maybe a work in progress. Maybe by week 11 you find something. Either week 11 they're working towards something or uh, they all want to kill Dan I, Campbell and they uh, are a dumpster fire. I think with Detroit, it, they, they're just – what What do they do? They they don't have a plan. I, I think either one of those teams should be – I think Detroit's going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah I mean, I you're mean, getting Jared Goff who – Sean McVay worked his magic there a little bit, but – Either Obviously all the bizarre moves you're going to made, you've yeah. made over the past two years are going to pay off, or yeah, you're going to be. The I don't know what fire moves the they league. made. They don't yeah. have anything on offense. I yeah, I mean, I think or defense, and defense is a little better, but even not that great. I mean, Okuda's not really. I mean, it was one year, looked real rough. Yeah. The secondary, the rest of the secondary is real thin. So, and then I mean, you take a look at the last game at Green Bay. The one thing that kind of worries me about that is you know, even if they're starting love or portals you know starting the season by week 16 maybe you have something, something going. figured out right and then if you have rogers i mean rogers in a place where he knows lambo is a tough place to play especially in the cold yeah so and not the browns aren't used to it but it's just a very tough place to play plus you don't know well that and i'd point out then you go pittsburgh cincinnati so, i mean you got yeah. two divisional games you don't know they're probably they might be fighting for the division crown there. Yeah. You got and those I mean, two games, yeah. divisional games coming up to finish the year. You're looking past a little bit. You got four of your last six games against the yeah. division. Maybe you're beat up a little bit. Hopefully with Christmas they can they can get things figured out. As far as uh as far as a record, I mean I mean the what Browns have disappointed me a lot before, but I, I don't think you can go any less than three and one and feel good. I know that's what he's no, hoping for, but yeah. for me it it's gotta be an expectation for the Browns. They can't, especially if Green Bay's down this year, they have to beat at least three of these teams. I don't think Chicago and Minnesota should be wins. Detroit should definitely be a win. And, you know, I think maybe at Minnesota, at Green Bay, maybe they drop one of those. But if they lose more than two games, or if they lose two games or more, then it's definitely a disappointment for them. Right. I think it is weird. No, but you're right. I totally agree. I think if Rodgers is there, it's different. Let's just go with the assumption because I personally feel 
Packers, he's not going to be there. I don't think he's going to be back. It'll be interesting. June, June 2nd, we'll have a little more clarity on what's going on, I think. Um, you know, Rodgers in Hawaii right now during OTAs, but that way. He's not, uh, I don't think he's going to be there. But uh, my, my, my suggestion, I would think, I think the Bengals, two and two. I think that's, that's fair. That's, I think they should, both teams should be Detroit. I should, you should feel both, bad if both you don't. Both teams should easily win two of the games and yeah. then should be able to fight for another one. I mean, I, I think the Bengals, I don't think three and one's insane. No. I just, I'm saying, I think two and two's probably where you, you might be. We'll see. Well, the question on is, that. I mean, I feel like. You got them early, though. The, which, the Browns, that's going to yeah. depend on how the Bengals come out. Is right. there anything yelling right. like or are like they I still said, working through some NFC kinks? NFC North is Joe all searching Burrow. for an identity, but so are the Bengals. It's just yeah. who can I get, mean, who can get their the footing The flip side is you got Joe first. Burrow coming back. You don't know. I'm, he might be fully healed, but everybody talks about this knee injury. It's a mental yeah. thing. Where is he mentally as far as stepping Especially in? Especially with the new offensive line if they don't look great during OT. Yeah. I think the Bengals are one of those teams that could be a solid team or, or could be another year. <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't expect I don't think the any same. Exactly sold on Zach. No, Miller, no. So. Um, you know, Browns. Yeah, I think three and one minimum, in my opinion. And assuming Aaron Rodgers isn't there, may and realistically, Aaron Rodgers isn't there. I don't, I don't see why they shouldn't win all four. Because I, I think the division should be yeah. pretty bad. I think you could have an eight and eight division winner. Maybe we're going NFC East seven and nine. How embarrassing is that going to be after I trash that division for yeah. like a decade? But yeah. But uh, Josh, moving away from the from the NFC North, talking the other seven games, uh, got the AFC West, um, and then you know a couple other games, and the uh, as we mentioned the crossover game, the Sam Fran or in Cleveland's case Arizona game. Any games or stretches from from those areas that kind of jump out to you? Um, yeah, I brought up the Week Four game versus Jacksonville earlier. Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence and all that. Um, week 13, here's one that probably a lot of people overlook. Week 13, the Bengals host the Los Angeles Chargers. And if you'll recall, in 2020, they hosted the Los Angeles Chargers to open the season. And they could have easily won that game. They had two turnovers. They were terrible on third down. They couldn't score any points in the fourth quarter. And they ended up losing 16-13. to 13. As a team... Like as a young group of guys, you got to go out there and and win that game to redeem that from last year. I feel like yeah. that was a very easily attainable goal of winning that game last year that they failed failed to accomplish. They weren't ready for. You need to take all the experience since week one of 2020 and beat them week 13. I think that is a it might not seem like a must-win game, but like for team morale, I'm saying that's a must-win game. Uh, going over to the Browns, uh, you know, certainly with expectations comes a lot of room for disappointment. <laughs> um, I think two of the big games that kind of pop out are, uh, you know, they play Kansas City Week One, and that's going to be a difficult game. I don't, right? Think, you know, not to sugarcoat it, but depending on what happens in that game. Week two, they're at home versus Houston. And Houston, they struggled with a little last year, but Whoa. we're able to get the win. Houston is an absolute dumpster fire <laughs> team right should we, now. Should we, should we dive in? I, I don't think we need to dive in too well. I want to uh, touch their, that. Their <laughs> quarterback could be anywhere from, I believe, Deshaun Watson to Tyrod Taylor to Davis Mills. I mean, Deshaun could be anywhere. Another team, yeah. prison, somewhere in between. So, uh, 
I think after the first game, if they can get, you know, depending on what happens, uh, you know, it's going to be a very tough game. They need to make sure, regardless of what happens in week one, they have momentum going into, you know, that Chicago, Minnesota, Los Angeles, you know, that, that group is something that if they can get some momentum, you know, I could see them winning, you know, six or something straight. Cause there are a bunch of winnable games in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other Denver one, in there. Jesus. Yeah. Denver on a Thursday night. And then the other one that I think is a big game last year, they had Las Vegas come to town. They kind of laid an egg versus the Raiders didn't play well, ended up losing that game. They have the Raiders come to town after playing Baltimore twice, and then they have to go to Green Bay, to Pittsburgh. So that's a game where you have to right. flex your muscles a little bit, especially if it's a close race against the Baltimore or Pittsburgh team. I think that game is a very big game and potentially a must-win. I will so. point something out. Both these teams will very likely, no matter what happens, face Aaron Rodgers in one form or another. Yep. Because his most likely trading destinations are Las Vegas or Denver. And you play both those teams. So you very likely might be playing Aaron Rodgers, whether it's green and gold, black and silver, with the horsey on his helmet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I fun, mean, I, there's definitely fact. a lot of intriguing, um, I, for both teams, a lot of intriguing like individual matchups. Um, but as far as the Bengals-Browns uh, series goes, definitely interesting. Browns playing Pittsburgh each week beforehand, and then the Bengals are going to be coming off. They have the opposite of the Browns. They play Kansas City week uh, week 17. So by that point for the Bengals, it'll be either show you belong or try not to die. Um, but I I think for, I speak for the both of us, that week uh, 18 season finale. Hope that Browns-Bengals game is uh, available for flexing. Oh, <laughs> Anything less than two and over is the Bengals. It should be a disappointment. I'm going to put you both on the spot real quick. Draft is over. Free agencies, you know, the schedule's out. Let's hear it, guys. You can't say, you remember, there's 17 games, so you got to figure out the math now. What do you, what, uh, Greg, with the Browns, what's, uh, what, where's your, where's your point? Where, where, where do you, where do you see them? Are you, where are you going to be disappointed? I mean, I think, they need to have a winning record to Whoa. not be disappointed. But yeah. I would say, if you're wanting me to predict what their record is, yeah, I would say, I was gonna say eleven or ten and seven came to my mind, but I think I'm gonna go eleven and six. Eleven and six. Eleven and six. Grace going I eleven and six. I think they maybe they're gonna be fighting for that AFC North title i don't know if, yeah. if baltimore gets to 12 and 4 but i think they'll be at about or 12 and 5 but i think they'll be at that 11 and 6 area kind of fighting for either a higher wild card or or yeah the division title okay josh where are you feeling cincinnati uh i feel better than most people would i think i don't believe in this narrative the Bengals didn't do anything to improve their offensive line um mm-hmm. frank pollock's coming back i think that in itself replacing Jim Turner with him. That in itself is a huge, huge improvement. Frank Pollock has had some of the best offensive lines in the league for the past decade. Uh, Bengals have the week 10 bye week. My goal for them is if they could go five and four those first nine weeks, I think there's four very winnable games on there. And then if you can steal one somewhere else, go five and four, then I think 
I think fans should be happy because then you're in a place to compete the rest of the way. Um, I don't know where I am on giving a record yet, Ooh, though. No, no, no. Come on, so many, man. The, the draft's over. There's so many new additions. Why no? It's just right. You said six and ten last year, and you were very close. They were four, eleven, and one. Or no, maybe. You said <laughs> yeah. What point did I say that though? Yeah, he um, said seven and nine season, right before the yeah. season started. Why yeah, no? We'll, I also said seven and nine for the Browns. We'll do it again. Yeah, we'll I don't know. Do it again. Come on. I don't know. Draft's maybe, over. I'm, Let's go. No, I'm hoping nine no, and eight. All right. I'm nine, nine and eight, eight because cool. because oh you th- you think they're gonna do better? <laughs> 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 because when you look at the rest of the AFC, though, I mean, if you could go like if you could hover around five hundred, you oh, could I be know. able to steal I, I a wild your card. Optimism. What it's do you a, think their division record is? Their division record is gonna be tough. Like that's one of the whole reasons they have the sixth toughest schedule. Right. It because you have to battle against such a brutal division. Um, what, what, what do you such think? Such as what teams? Can I just the Baltimore, Baltimore Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland? Oh, you're gonna say Ben Roethlisberger? I wasn't gonna okay. even say Cleveland. <laughs> no, I think they could. Uh, this is the one chance I get to. They got to do well everywhere else, because yeah, that division is gonna be better than ever. Well, there you have it. Slight optimism for the Browns. Josh just. Crazy over optimism moon. over the moon with the roster and the schedule. Let us Five, know what you 500, think. So optimistic. <laughs> 30 Racket Sports, all social media, right? Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Twitter. Let us know. What do we got next, boys? Zach will be doing What's Brewing Ohio next. Basically, got news from the kettle, boys. The brew kettle? The Brew Kettle. Yes. I wasn't going to start with them, but I guess we'll start with them. Shout out to my dudes, White Raja. Yep, had the the Brew Kettle on uh, the show back in uh, Christmas time, I believe. And uh, it's summertime now, so they're releasing a couple of summer brews here. And we had a Mexican-style lager on the show a couple weeks ago. Guys, this one sounds... Mmm, that sounds very good. It's called Off the Map, and it is a dark... Mexican style lager brewed with a hint of lime and a pinch of sea salt. Uh, they have a coastline Mexican lager up there, but that is more kind of what we had a couple weeks ago. You're just traditional Mexican lager. Yeah. This is uh, dark, so it's they've got a picture up of it up on OhioCraftBeer.org, an awesome can, by the way. But they it's kind of have like that amber color. Yeah, it's a very dark amber um so sounds very very good um but if the mexican lager is not your thing they have it's called always vibin it's a smooth crushable wheat ale uh orange and lemon peel a very refreshing uh so if you're in the more refreshing fruity stuff they've got the always vibin an even better can than off the map we'll have to do one of these over the summer so zach can get a good Good view of these cans. Good vibe going on. Good vibe. Good vibe. Always vibing. Uh, so always vibing off the map and coastlined. They are available in cans from the brew kettle. And then to our other kettle, another cool beer we're going to talk about here. It is called the Spider Silk. It is not just a blonde ale, and I'm not sure I've ever seen an imperial blonde ale before, but it is an imperial blonde ale. It's, I don't even know how you do that. Yeah. At, yeah, I was very surprised to hear about this beer, and it's just described as light, 
but strong. And yeah, those are two different things. It artfully, yes. <laughs> artfully blends elements of English, German, and American brewing ingredients. But like you said, those are two different things. Like when I think Blondale, I think light and refreshing. Right. This is a 7% Imperial Blondale. And it comes to That's- us from Devil's Kettle Brewing in Athens, Ohio. Nice. The reason I bring this up is yeah, because yeah, for up. through every through all of this, you know, there've been a lot of breweries that, you know, shut down and so many breweries recently have reopened and everything uh, you know, as we move away from the pandemic, hopefully more and more. Uh, Devil's Kettle Brewing has been you know, they've been doing some takeout things here and there, but they've been closed. Hmm. And just this past weekend in Athens, they started letting people back in as we move to summer. Things start to look a little brighter on the pandemic side. So if you are, you know, going by Athens or you're in Athens, Devil's Kettle Brewing could really use your patronage. And they have so many cool beers in here that you would like never, never like an Imperial Blonde Ale you'd never right. think of. And they have so many like weird takes on things like that that you would huh. never, you know, think to try. Gosh, that actually almost makes me want to go to Southeast Ohio, which is a crazy thought, right, Zach? Go, whoa, whoa, you'll have to stop whoa. by on a trip home, Zach. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll stop by next. I'm sure I'll be back soon. OhioCraftBeer.org. That's where we get our Ohio brewing news. You can follow them at OhioCraftBeer on social media. We're there too at 30 Rack of Sports. All right, guys, we're on to the cheers part of our show as we want to give out our cheers for the week, of course, as we do every week, want to cheers our beer of the week uh, to Mason, Ohio's Sonder Brewing and their uh, Kings Island Giga Coaster Lager. Uh, Just a nice, steady lager, like a really good drinking beer for doing a podcast, sitting on the couch, or maybe walking around a golf course or maybe an amusement park, guys. So uh, shout out to Kings Island Giga Coaster. Of course, always shout out to all the faithful listeners of 30 Racket Sports. We really appreciate every listen we get, uh, you know, on all the platforms, anchor.fm slash uh, 30 Rack. Is it 30 Rack? 30 Rack Sports. Backslash 30 Rack Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, before we get out of here, our cheers for the week. Zach, who are you cheersing this week? I am cheersing... Uh... Owen Miller, Indians top uh, hitting prospect, just got his first hit probably like eh, 30 minutes ago or so. Uh, first career will be hit. Hopefully the first of many, though I'm not optimistic because he came up through the Cleveland Indians farm system, but fingers crossed. Yeah, I was about to say they posted, I saw that picture of the clock where it just says Miller on it. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, they're not calling Logan Miller up, are they? Miller. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, Owen Miller. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that's what I mean. You never know with them. Guys, for my cheers of the week, I'm staying in baseball, but going to the West Coast with a former Cleveland Indian, actually, for a year. Uh, A story of just perseverance, uh, fortitude, and just, you know, reaching for a goal again. Uh, This past weekend, starting for the San Francisco Giants, was a guy who I thought was no less than 47 years old. It was actually... 37-year-old Scott Kazmier, oh, who started wow. his first game in the MLB in five years. His last Jeez. start was with the Dodgers in 2016, had some arm issues, had to pitch in the independently. Right, in the I knew last he was doing that. 
So was able to uh, stick on with the Giants, get a minor league deal, and got back to the majors after five years of not pitching. Remember, he was supposed to be... He was supposed to be the next big thing when he came up with uh, the Rays. Yeah, with the never Rays. quite panned out, but uh, wow, a guy who was up and down, uh, you know, had some good years with the Rays. Yeah, I mean, he had some Led good years, but he was supposed to be like, yeah, three times strikeout. Kershaw, leader. next big thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Dodgers just or the Giants just full of good stories. Have him have the minor leaguer Drew Robinson, mm-hmm. who's a guy that if you haven't heard his story, I mean, look amazing it up. Story, a guy who struggled with depression, tried to take his own life, uh, ended up shooting himself in the head, uh, lost one of his eyes because of it, was still alive somehow because of it, and is back in the Giants AAA team. And hit a, his first one hit a home eyes. run. Yeah, yeah, they're, hitting, yeah, they're, yeah. yeah. incredible. Well, I, can't so. ima- I can't hit with two eyes. I know. <laughs> I can't hit with everything in my favor, <laughs> trying to hit a slow-pitch softball, so I can't even imagine hitting... You know, ninety-five and AAA with one eye. So. Yeah, I know professional baseball lineups that can't hit. I I know oh, one. Man. I know one in particular. I, I do. Speaking of professional lineup, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Josh, who are you shouting out this week? Not the Reds. Not the Reds. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm going to shout out FC Cincinnati more specifically. Uh, Gustavo Valencia, who got his first goal with FC Cincinnati on well, loan from Ecuador in just his second appearance. And a very historical at that, like as I said earlier, uh, that was their first win ever, uh, come from behind win ever in MLS history, and uh, only their second time getting points after conceding first. So I know things often seem bleak with FC Cincinnati, but that is, uh, they did actually, I was impressed with the way they played. Uh, look at what that uh, new formation will do for you. <laughs> new stadium, a couple of comebacks, maybe some yeah. guys in the back line. Maybe and, things are on the up and up and, for the And hey, Greg, the blue and you know what I'm looking forward to? If things continue to trend in the right direction, we could have some full brand new stadiums for Hell is Real. And 30 Rack will have to be there. For we will be One, there. if not both of those, with some awesome 40 bets. In the Bailey, in the Nordecky, we'll we're there. On Rack of Sports. Guys, any parting thoughts? No, we'll have to. I hope we get a chance to do the Sonder Blue Ice Cream Ale, but this if Giga Coaster Lager out, yeah, was if great. If it comes back out, we'll try to get it. Uh, anyone that that can get their hands on any cans, let us know. I gotta get the Sonder, get one of those chicken sandwiches, man. Oh, well, guys, I believe that's it for 30 Rack Sports. Once again, thank you to Sonder Brewing. Thank you to the listeners for Zach on the opinions. Peace. For Josh on the ones and twos. I'm See ya. Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack Sports.